What up, what up, what up? Your boy is back, S. Foster. Back with you with another episode of 28 Minutes or Less. I'm very excited about this episode because I've been holding this in for a while. Um, we didn't drop one uh, for the Stolen Time podcast this previous week, so I figured I would get this one in, finally have some things come up, and wasn't able to get that episode in. You know, with that, shout out to my co-host, Uncle Washington. And uh, like always, um, the music that you hear in the background is done by my favorite producer, my boy, Casey. Shout out to him. But the subject matter today for, and if I didn't mention it, this is episode 14 of 28 Minutes or Less. And the subject matter today is Ozark. Okay, now Ozark is, to me, in my eyes, the best Netflix series to ever come out on Netflix. Okay. So, uh, a real quick breakdown is basically this dude, Marty Bird, um, you know, is laundering money, you know, for some people. And, you know, obviously when you win that business, you know, things going to go wrong. Um, but there, there's a huge backstory. And that's the thing about shows. It's like, you have to have a plot outside of the main plot. Like, everything ties into one thing, but at the same time, you have those side plots that really make the show and make the show great. You know, like, when you when you talk about season one, you know, Marty is doing, you know, what he needs to do for his family, and then come to find out his wife is cheating on him. So then Marty goes take care of that, but then with taking care of that and then his friend getting them involved into some bullshit so where they had to leave Chicago and go to this what, the town, the city of Ozark, which is in Missouri. So, you know, the plot of that and then, you know, you fast forward to season two where, you know, there's a lot of stuff happened in season two, you know, but... The whole point of what I'm saying is those side plots where they have to eventually tell their kids what they're doing. And both of their kids are teenagers. And so they have to end up telling their kids what exactly it is that they do. Because when you're living a secret life like they were, you know, doing things like laundering money for people and for gangsters and people who could just basically wipe you out when you're not needed anymore. And that's the great thing about Marty because Marty is he's just a different a different kind of dude which they show you in season three like they they give you the flashbacks to basically give you that backstory of why marty is the way he is when it comes down to crunching money and and numbers and stuff like that because you have to be an intelligent dude but at the same time you you have to be like kind of Anytime you're great at something, you're going to be terrible at something else. You know what I mean? And I think what it is with Marty is Marty is not a great people person, but he's so good at handling situations and handling money and handling numbers that he might not be the best people person. He might not be necessarily the best husband or the best father. You know, this is the same thing when it comes to when you when you 
you as an athlete, right? A lot of the times, the the dude that is the greatest, either basketball player or football player or whatever the case may be, they might not be the best at something else. That's where the dumb jock thing came from. Now, it, it doesn't... That doesn't mean that this is the case for everyone. You know, I, I know I'm only bringing up one person, but I... I don't know this person personally. It's just that I am a huge Florida State fan. And Myron Rowe, who was a great safety for my Florida State Seminoles, ended up getting drafted. But the whole point of me bringing him up is he was a Rhodes Scholar. And he chose to go to Oxford for a year and forego the draft the first time around. Nah, nah, nah. But what I'm saying is he wasn't a dumb jock. He was a great football player. And he's a great mind. So it's possible that it can happen. So to get back to Marty, it isn't that Marty is a bad husband or a bad father. He can be a bit of a dictator. Because when you're that smart and in his head that no one else is smarter than he is, he always feels that his plan is the best plan. And nobody else can come up with something that's better than what I can come up with. And in a lot of cases, Marty is right. So, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to get into season three because I don't really feel like going back. I think that would give people, because I think the people that are listening to this more than likely have seen it. But when you go into season three, you know, you, you have this emergence of Wendy's little brother, which never knew she had a little brother. But you also have a change in Wendy that you can see at the end, well, towards the middle and the end of season two, where Wendy gets to the point where Wendy wants to start taking over. And Wendy starts making decisions and she doesn't want Marty's opinion. Like, she would ask for Marty's opinion, but she's like, well, I'm only, you know, giving you the courtesy of telling you, but I'm going to do what I want to do at the end of the day. So, the emergence of her brother and the way they introduced him now that I look back at it, it's perfect. So he is a substitute teacher. And these kids started, you know, bullying, um, cyber bullying. There's a naked picture of a girl in the class. She starts crying because all these phones are going off and she sees it must be like a group text type thing. So he freaks out. Takes everybody's phone, tells them to put their phone in the trash can, goes outside, and he sees one of those those tree shredder things. And he starts throwing all of their cell phones in that shredder thing, flipping out, bugs out on the dude, beat this dude ass, and then he jumps bail. He leaves, I think he was in North Carolina, so he leaves North Carolina, right, and tracks them down. And then, you know, and I was wondering why Wendy and, and Marty was looking the way that they were. They was like, why, you know, why are they looking at each other like that? And it's because... He ended up being bipolar. That's not a good mix when you look at the type of business that they're in. You can't have that's what I call that a liability. You do not need a liability like that. And especially in his case, because and you hear this from people that work in the medical, uh, not the medical, but the psychological field where a lot of these patients, they they don't feel like themselves, which they wouldn't feel like themselves when you're medicating them. So he doesn't like the way he feels when he takes his medication. 
And when you're not on your medication, that makes you more of a wild card. So, Wendy's brother shows up, and he's fine at first, but he catches the eye. Well, no, his eye called Ruth. And Ruth is that ride-or-die person. I, I mentioned this before when I talked about Ozark in the past on a previous episode where Ruth is like one of the most ride-or-die people in the whole show. And and sometimes I would get upset with Marty about the way that he would treat her. You know what I'm saying? Now, he, he would show Ruth appreciation, but at the same time, it's like she would do something that Marty wouldn't necessarily ask, but it ended up helping them out. And like Marty... He would be like, you know, thank you, I appreciate it. He'll just, you know what I'm saying, kind of like brush it off and not really make her feel appreciated. And I used to, they used to bother me about Marty because I'm like, Marty, like this girl got so much on you. Now, now, y'all relationship in the beginning was not good because she actually wanted to kill Marty in the beginning of episode one. And then she ended up choosing Marty over her uncle and her father. And that was the turning point for her. And I think that what Ruth realized was Marty can take me to places. And even though he, he doesn't he doesn't show necessarily that appreciation, like she knows that she's appreciated, but he don't have the best way of showing it. That's what I'm saying. And so anyway, to get back to it, you know, so the brother starts really checking for Ruth. Okay? So that's one thing. Wendy wants to start doing her own little side stuff and she gets connected with this dude in this other cartel in which this dude cartel is in a war with another one and so the lawyer lady Helen hooks them up with this dude um, that runs this cartel but you know he's one of those type of guys he's real short. He say what he say, he mean what he means, he get, he, and then he gets off the phone. That's all it is. He don't play no games. He don't really do conversation. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just that. Um, also, in season three, Marty and Wendy start seeing a therapist. So you're thinking like, okay, well, maybe they're going to try to work on their marriage, right? And that's what you're thinking. And... Then, after the first session, you know, they get in their car. They could have drove separate cars. Wendy pulls off. Marty act like he's going to, you know, peel off as well. But he waits till she goes, and then he goes back in, and then he goes sees the therapist and give her more money. So, Marty is paying this therapist lady to basically try to get, to steer Wendy in his direction because it got to a point where he can't control her. So, he's like, well, maybe if I can get a therapist to somebody else, to talk to her, then maybe I could get her to do necessarily what I want her to do. Because that's just the type of dude that Marty is. So, I thought that that was very interesting to, to see how that happened. And then they ended up going into a whole nother situation. Because then, Wendy goes in and starts doing the same thing that Marty is doing. So, then the therapist is sitting in the middle. And at the end of the day... She ended up getting all this money because Marty ended up giving her a big down payment because they ended up having a, a huge argument in front of this lady. 
And so she finds out everything about what they're doing. And she knows how they got all this money. So instead of being, and look, and look, I get it. This therapist lady was in probably in her 60s. She didn't have that much life to live. She goes out and buys this damn, I think it was a Lamborghini truck, I believe. It was something. I can't remember what it was. So she goes, and then it makes it so bad, she get a very bright color one. So, and then she finally exposed to both of them, like, look, Marty, you paying me off. And Wendy, you're paying me off. So basically, this therapy isn't doing y'all any good because both of y'all are cheating behind each other's backs as far as trying to pay each other to do whatever. So to get back to the point, when they had the huge blowout in front of this lady, she got to be eliminated. In this type of business of money laundering and cartel leaders and all this type stuff, you cannot have any loose ends. And Helen finds out about it, and Helen sends her eliminator, you know what I'm saying, the modern-day Grim Reaper, to go in and kill this lady and make it seem like she just disappeared. And he makes another appearance later on in the show, which I will get on to later on in the podcast. So, that lady gets taken out. Helen... The lawyer, she ended up, she's having a huge divorce with her ex-husband. And she needed to be, because of her and Wendy hooking up with this new cartel guy, she needs to be closer to Wendy. So she has to move to Ozark. All right, so she moves to Ozark. But the father wants to keep the son and send the daughter with her. So she has to take the daughter with her. And the daughter has no idea what she does. No idea what she does. She thinks she's just a lawyer. That's all it is. She, would, she wouldn't have any reason to think that her mama is doing anything illegal. So she's a hothead. You know, a girl that just you know got a lot of money. And she meets up with the Bird family. And she wants... She has it in her head that she wants to lose her virginity. She was like, she didn't want to lose it to anybody in Chicago because she didn't really want it to be. I think what she wanted is to get some experience to at least know what she's doing before she go back to Chicago so she can go back to Chicago, not a virgin. That was her whole plan for the summer was to just not be a virgin anymore. So she's hanging out with the bird's daughter. I think her name was Charlotte. So she's hanging out with Charlotte and then the little brother uh, Charlotte's little brother, you know, he got a thing for, you know, he's coming of age and then he's hanging out with his uncle and he's starting to really enjoy his uncle Ben's company. So he, you know, gets this relationship with him, nah, 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 all this type stuff. So like I said, it's, it's just a lot going on, man, a lot going on. So Marty knows that something is going on. When it comes to, because like I say, Marty has his eyes on everything. And then the FBI gets a warrant to be able to go into the casino and monitor what's going on. So with the FBI being there, Marty can't really do what he normally do. So he has to find another way to launder money. So he knows this rich dude who came up on a lot of money. So Marty pays the dude to just lose at blackjack 
So the FBI lady that they put on the case, which is crazy as hell because she's like eight months pregnant. She's big as fuck. And she's out here in the field doing this work at like eight months pregnant. And so Marty comes up with a plan to, okay, I got to keep the money flowing. So I'm going to get this dude to come in here and blow money. But also at the same time, I need to flip this FBI agent so she could be on my side. So he tries to give her one case, like hands her this person that she could arrest and it would be a great bust for her. But her morals, I forgot what her backstory was. Something happened to her father or something like that to where she just could not be turned. So Marty tried to give her something. She didn't take it. So he took he takes it directly to the FBI. And then the FBI flips out on her because they're like, look, we was given information that we had a great bus on somebody and you turned down that bus because of your ego. So she got in trouble with her people. Now, something that everybody don't know is at the same time of him trying to flip her, he was also about to take a deal, go to jail for 18 months, come out, and then be an informant for the FBI. Well, that didn't work out because, number one, Marty felt that there was something else going on with Wendy. And he also wanted to hear what was going on. So every time Wendy would get a phone call, Marty would tap the phone. So the dude being the head of a cartel, he finds out that, you know, the line was being compromised. So he figured out who it was, kidnaps Marty right before, and this is, Marty was just about to take the deal to become an informant and go to jail for 18 months. But he gets kidnapped by the cartel guy that Wendy was talking to. So the dude locks up Marty. And Marty was locked up for a couple of weeks. And he's trying to tell Marty, like, like what do you want? And in the mix of him asking him what he wants, that's when we get the most flashbacks of Marty. And it explains to you why he was the way he was. They were showing him as a kid and how persistent he was and how much he... Marty is a bit artistic. Like, I see a little bit in my son. One of my boys is artistic. And you can see a little bit in him. And so the guy was asking Marty, you know, he asked him other questions, but he was like, what do you want? So then Marty was giving him generic answers at first, but then Marty couldn't handle it. He couldn't take it no more. And he told him exactly what he wanted. And then he showed him why he was important, I would say. So he showed him a way to put money in a different account Nah, 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 all this type stuff without getting flagged. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he showed him this new thing. And so Marty was sitting there like, I just helped you. Can I get a thank you? And so then the dude was able to realize, like, look, I'm finally able to get what I want out of Marty. So once he got what he wanted out of him, he sent him back. And that's when Marty really decided because he was really trying to he, he he was dancing the line of becoming an informant because the way he was looking at it was Marty wanted 
he was just getting fed up with the business. And he was like, well, if I take this deal and go to jail for 18 months, come out being a foreman for FBI, I don't have to deal with these cartel people anymore. Because he would come back and he would be under, um, uh, what do they call it, uh, witness protection and all this type of stuff. But Wendy started this new thing with this cartel guy and you can't just back out. So, he has to figure out another way. And that's when he was trying to flip the FBI lady. Okay. So, now, Darlene, who is the lady that they dealt with before, who, who used to have the, uh, the poppy fields. You know, her husband got killed, you know, dealing around with the Bird family. All this type stuff. Darlene has custody of the baby that the birds had and Darlene ended up getting it and then Darlene starts messing around with Ruth's cousin. Now, keep in mind, Darlene is in her 60s. Ruth's cousin is like 18. So he's shacking up with this lady because Ruth and her cousin was beefing because he found out that Ruth was actually the person who killed his dad. So they had a beef going on and him going to Darlene made it even worse so like I say he's shacking up with this old lady and Darlene goes to court because Wendy has it in her head she wants to get the baby back so they go to court because Wendy went to Darlene and Started talking wild mess, man, and got Darlene to punch her. And like, that's the whole point. So she took pictures of herself, showed that she was assaulted by Darlene, nah, nah, nah. But Darlene was able to win because she got a cop in her pocket. So she was able to keep custody of the child. Okay. Wendy's brother, Ben, finally gets Ruth. So they shacking up together. And Wendy's like, well, I can't stop y'all from seeing each other. But if I got somebody on the inside, then maybe I could get Ruth to convince Ben to start taking his medication. That didn't work. Ben flips out. And they have to take Ben and put him in a... Uh, in a facility, a psychiatric um, facility. So they put him in a facility. So Ruth wants Ben out of there because she goes to see him. Well, her and Wendy goes to see him and he doesn't want to see Wendy. So Ben and Ruth have a conversation. So they have the conversation and he said, I need to get out of here. Like, my sister don't understand. This is the worst place for me to be. Nah, nah, nah. She feels bad for him because she falls and, you know, she fell in love with him. So she wants to get him out. So she gets him out and goes to Darlene. When she goes to Darlene, the Darlene was the person who helped her get him out. He gets out and goes straight to the lawyer, Lady Helen. Rats her out. In front of her daughter. Told her daughter what she does. Who she works for. How much of a bad person she is. Nah, 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 all this type of stuff. So now when. Now Helen is pissed 
off at Wendy for letting this happen. So now you got to think. You never want any loose ends in this type of business. So after he does that and you have to figure Marty who told Wendy back in the day that your brother's going to be a problem. He needs to be locked up. And that was one of the reasons why Wendy and Ben wasn't as tight anymore because really because of Marty. And Marty had a conversation with Ruth and telling Ruth, like, I've known this boy since he was 18 years old. You have no idea. And she wasn't trying to hear it because she was blinded by love. And they made Marty out to be the bad person when all Marty wanted to do was just, I hate to say lock him up, but not only was he a liability to the business, he was really a liability to himself because, you know, he got locked up before because, you know, like I said, he, he flipped out at the school, bugged out on the dude. Then he was at a bar and then he just bugs out on the dude he had no idea about he shows up to an event that they was having at the casino, bugs out at the casino, about to, to blurt out exactly what they do because he found out that they actually launder money for an, a Mexican cartel. So, Wendy comes up with an idea. She asked him, do you know anyone or anywhere that you could go? He said something about Nashville. So she was getting ready to drive him to Nashville. Now, keep in mind, this dude, he's bipolar. You got to understand, it's, it's, it's a lot that goes on with that. Like, there was one powerful scene where he was, when he got into, when he left the facility and got in the cab, he was talking to the taxi guy, and he just, Story after story after story after story. Like he's his mind is just is literally going a thousand miles per hour. He's he's talking out of his ass. Like it is crazy all the stuff he's talking about. And he's crying. And I will say this: the dude that plays him did a phenomenal job. I don't know who he studied, but he did a really great job. And he made me put him in a class where I don't put a lot of people. Derek Luke is the best crier I've ever seen in the TV. Ever. This dude is right up there with him. He had me tearing up of how emotional it would be when he would cry. So, Wendy comes up with the idea to get him out of there. And he kept telling Wendy, like, Wendy, I I, I cannot go back there. I just, I, I can't. So, she rents a car. They go. They're driving. Wendy falls asleep in this parking lot. They're, they're both in the car. Wendy wakes up and there's a cop knocking on the door. And her brother told everything to the cops about the Mexican cartel, how her husband laundered money, everything. So Wendy was able to convince the cop lady that, listen, my brother is bipolar. He just literally got out the... um 
facility, nah, 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 you really gonna believe this from somebody who, you know what I'm saying? Like, this don't make, you know, Wendy was, she's very convincing, and also at the same time, she can talk circles. And what I mean by that is, she was talking so good to where the cop was like, are you a lawyer? And she's like, no, I'm not a lawyer. So the lady didn't have any probable cause to search the car, all that type of stuff, so Wendy leaves. So they're driving, driving, Stop at the store. He comes in the store and buys a phone. And he calls Helen to apologize for what he did earlier. So Wendy's like, I I, I, I can't do this. So what does Wendy do? She called the modern day Grim Reaper. The the, um, the eliminator to meet them and it was a very powerful scene because Wendy told a hitman their location so the dude would kill her brother. You have to make those type decisions when you put yourself in that type of business. If you're going to be dealing with people who murder people who don't think twice about it, mental health is is not anything you want to be around a business where things need to be calculated, where you need to be able to count on people. And as sad as it sounds, it's something that had to be done. So Wendy told the location of where it was, and she she couldn't handle it. She started drinking. She didn't go home. And what made her go home was she was about to buy another gallon of liquor and this kid comes up and grabs her hand then we find out why the kid grabs her hand her mom comes around the corner she got blonde hair just like Wendy and she, she thought that was her mom so her mom starts freaking out about her daughter being lost in the store and all this type of stuff so Wendy leaves and she goes back home her lawyer Helen is behind her back trying to get them out of there because she's trying to show to the cartel dude that she's more liable or more more reliable than the Bird family. So she's trying to cut deals behind their back. Then the Bird family is trying to call him, look, we can do this, we can do this, we can do that for you to show you that we're reliable. And also at the same time, I told them where my brother was to save our own ass. So you tell me who's more reliable. So. I say all that to say this. They go. Down to Mexico. Now. The lawyer lady. Not the lawyer lady. Excuse me. The FBI lady. Very intelligent. Very intelligent. She knows what's going on. 
even though she knows what's going on, she, there's nothing she can do. So, with that being said, the, the impression that I got, if she comes back for season four, she might be flipped. I could be wrong, but it, it just feels like she could be flipped. So they go down to Mexico. Marty, Helen, and Wendy. They pull up, black suburban style, gets out the car to meet the cartel dude. Boom. Shot Helen in the head. Blood goes all over Marty and Wendy, and that's how it ended. Season three was the best season. Ozark just gets better and better. I thought that season... Now, season one was good. It also had that element of surprise. But... Epi, not episode. But season two was better than season one to me. And three, it's like... There isn't a lot of times where when you're watching a reoccurring show that the show ended up getting better with the episode. Well, not, well also with the episode, but with the seasons. A lot of the times that doesn't happen... Usually, if it's something that got like five seasons, it'd be like, oh, well, season three was good. And then next thing you know, it started getting crazy. Like The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead got completely ridiculous. The more and the longer it went on, I just could not continue to watch it anymore. It got to the point where it's like they just coming up with shit just to keep it going and it's not good. This show is so fucking good. And it sucks that it got caught up in the middle of this whole Tiger King shit. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not giving it any more energy. But it was on around the same time. But that show got more. Okay, put it this way. When there's a show with substance. It can get shoved aside. Over some clickbait shit. And that's what happened. But I think people that love to watch stuff with substance. That actually. You know what I mean. Have a story. A plot. A beginning and end. All that type stuff. You will. Generally enjoy. This show. I mean. I would recommend everybody go watch it. Even though I just. Told you the whole damn thing. Spoiler alerts out of here. It's been out for like four weeks and it's been out for like a month. So um it was just one of those things, man. I, I really wanted to get it off my chest. Um, you know, I said before, like these podcasts are therapy sessions for me. Um But it is it's it's really, really a great show. Um, you know, I would have done this with the uh with the homie scoops, but you know, it was just one of those type things where, you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to vent. I just wanted to vent to people and I didn't really want any pushback. I just wanted to really just get off what I wanted to say about it. And that's what I did today. So, um, I hope everybody enjoyed it. I hope it was entertaining. Um, Ozark, man, Ozark is just, Jason Bateman is, is really becoming a guy that's making the best decisions for his career. Um, a lot of people said The Outsiders was really good. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. The show on HBO, he did a really great job with that. 
you know, doing this Ozark thing. I forgot he had did something else. And Jason Bateman is making some great decisions with his career right now. And this Ozark show is 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 one of those things where it it it, it really took Netflix to to me as far as series to another level. So uh, I will hope everybody go check out Ozark, man. If you haven't seen it already, um, you know that's all I got today. Only one subject matter. Uh, I'm gonna try to keep the content coming when it comes to uh, 28 minutes or less. I'm gonna try to keep these rolling out. But, um, you know, if you got any comments, man, you know, comment on the, the Facebook page, on the Stolen Time page, on Facebook page, or on my Instagram at s.foster8, or on Twitter. Um, just let me know what you think of this episode, and let me know what you think of Ozark, man. I, I think it's one of the greatest shows out. Um, but that's all I got today. Um, before I get out of here, shout out to my co-host of the Stolen Time Podcast, Uncle Washington, that's my guy. We will be coming um, with an episode here in a couple of days, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to the big homie, Scoots Bronson, with the Already Home podcast, um, a podcast um, that we do together, Viewers Anonymous. We haven't, we haven't been able to link up for an episode in a while. We did link up to do an episode uh, on his YouTube page um, called uh, Isolated Society. We did an episode of that. So go to the Scoops Bronson um, YouTube page and check out the episode. Um, shout out to Casey, uh, the dude that supplied the music in the background. So I uh, appreciate him for being a supporter of the podcast and also you know hooking me up with the music. Shout out to Mark. That's my guy. Been there since day one. Shout out to Candace. Um, she hit me up um, yesterday. No, today. Um, you know, giving me feedback on the last episode that we did on the Stolen Time podcast. So I appreciate her still sending in comments and also supporting the podcast. And shout out to Free Debt Tie. Check him out on YouTube um, with the financial advice. So he's still uh, coming out with content. Uh, shout out to Gan. I forgot about Gan. I almost forgot about him. And check him out also with the Bad Husbands podcast. Um, that's all I got, man. This was episode 14 of the 28 Minutes or Less podcast. It's that. Signing out.